and welcome back to Vox Podcast, the weekly pseudo-accurate roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host. Well, I'm sort of here just with Lane. Hey, Lane. Hey, of, of the four regulars, it is just the two of us this evening. Um, this is our annual, except for we didn't get to do it last year because there was a pandemic, and except for... So it's our sort of annual PCA recap show where we all get together in my hotel room and get drunk and like sort of do a, do a show live from PCA. So that's what we're doing today, except that there's also a yes. pandemic this year. Yeah, while there is a, a PCA this year, the Pop Culture Association of America Pop Culture Conference, uh, it was all virtual. So we are not all in Mav's room. No. Um, I mean, or if you or you're hiding very well. <laughs> so this time is going to be just sort of talking about the conference we all just did. It just wrapped up today, technically. Oh, so, um, we Christina, Christina Kalias. People do not get it right the first time, but you nailed it. Oh, so. <laughs> Christina, I met at PCA three days ago. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, very new friend. Yes. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to our podcast. You may regret this. (laughs) I do already, you guys. (laughs) You're gonna fit right in. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna do well. This is um, yeah. So, so Christina, I met. um, I think you said that it was your first PCA during your panel, and of the three papers on your panel, I liked yours best. So I'm like, oh, I definitely want to talk to her. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Wayne, I'll let you introduce our, our second guest. Yeah, this is uh, my, my friend Maggie. Maggie was one of my students when I taught at uh, Chatham University here in Pittsburgh. What was it, four years ago, five years ago? Oh, so I lose, I lose it's track of time. It's been seven years. It's been, it's seven, been seven years. years. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so welcome, Maggie. Hmm? Hi. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it, 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 first of all, it was really good just to reconnect. I mean, we've been friends on Facebook since then, but it was really good just yeah. to see you and watch your presentation and, and have some more interaction back and forth. Uh, you you were genuinely one of my favorites in that class that year. We're not supposed to have favorites, but we all do. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and no, you, because what you brought to the class, what you brought to the conversation uh, and in general, all of your papers, all the work you did, not that I require a tremendous yeah. amount. You You were levels above a lot of the other people in there. So. I'm really happy to see you pursuing this in some fashion. I wrote, I mean, those two papers I wrote are still, and I've kept most of my writings from undergrad. Those two were some of my favorite papers that I wrote at Chatham. So, and that's thanks to you. So, yeah. Okay. So welcome to the show. And this was your first PCA as well, right? Yes. I've done a regional um, PCA conference. I've done Southwest Popular Culture Association Conference back in 2019. And that was amazing. Um, Albuquerque really leaned into the Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> that, uh, so that that's fantastic. But uh, but it was great. Good. 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 Then we got returning um, a common guest, our very first guest ever on Vox Pop. Uh, welcome back, John Dorowski. Hey, John. Thank you for having me. Hey, John. Welcome back. Thanks, Wayne. <laughs> so, so this is not John's first PC. <laughs> yeah, it's um, 12, 13 years I've been going, at least that long. I think that's about what mine is. I lost count, and it just makes you feel bad about yourself when you when you try too hard. So, <laughs> well, you, you don't count every time you go and update your CV. I no, I I, I do go and update it. Um, I, I haven't done it yet this year. For for our listeners, just because this is um, this has come up before, but PCA in a lot of ways is sort of the genesis of this show. The show was always sort of, you know, we wanted to have the kinds of conversations we have after a conference. We just want to do that every week. 
Um, so, so that's so this show today is more that than ever. But I guess to make it like sort of accessible, can we maybe tell everybody what each individual person does? So hi, everyone. My name is Christina Clias. Um, I'm currently a first year English PhD student at Claremont Graduate U- University in California. Um, I'm about to start my second year in the fall. And for the most part, my research area is in early modern studies um, with an emphasis in women's and gender studies. And I like to explore the interdisciplinary fields of feminine psychology. And I also like to look at things like self-actualization theory, feminist aesthetics and feminist consciousness raising. So that's basically my main area. And then in terms of work, I'm currently a substitute teacher. Like for high schools and stuff, you mean like substitute, like, like not, not yeah. college. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. For the most part, I do high school right now. I actually work at my old high school, so it's fun to go back. <laughs> okay. So I guess I can't really go back to my old high school because they bulldozed it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you can no, I mean there's a school there. <laughs> <laughs> there is okay. a school there. It's just not my school anymore. It wasn't like an act of terrorism. They did it on purpose. My name is Maggie Yankovich. Um, I lived in Pittsburgh for six years. It's how I know Wayne, like you said earlier. Um, I went to Chatham University, formerly College for Women, and I have a BA in English and Cultural Studies. Um, and then I got really depressed. <laughs> and I took a long break from school um, and I moved back home um, on the eastern shore of Maryland and I got a job at a library as a library associate and um, I worked my way up and I went to uh, graduate school for library science Um, and I love it. I love my field but I, I missed writing and I missed presenting and I actually saw a friend of mine who was in my thesis group at Chatham. She was a talking head on Eli Roth's History of Horror on on AMC. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I know her. And um, and she encouraged me to start presenting again. And um, and my focus um, as an independent scholar is definitely horror and um, body horror, especially. And um, I'm really interested in studies. I'm interested. I'm newly interested in fat studies um, and and fat representation in horror. Um, my paper that I presented at PCA yesterday um, was on the monstrosity of the fat body in Stephen King's It, um, mm-hmm. and I want to I want to kind of expand that into um, into a larger project, like surveying fat representation in his novels. That's awesome. And our last panel member, um, we got John Dorowski, who, you know, you've been here several times. But John, remind people what you do. I am a Ph.D. candidate at the University of Louisville, where uh, in humanities, with my personal focus being American popular culture on superheroes and comic books. Mm-hmm. Which makes you fit in with um, <laughs> me and Wayne in particular pretty well. Um I, I, you know, and for, I mean, the listeners know what I do. I, I'm a, I don't even know how many years PhD candidate trying to finish up my dissertation. Um, Duquesne University adjunct instructor at Mount Aloysius College and Duquesne University. And I focus on 20, 20, 20th and 21st century pop culture as well. Uh, a lot of stuff with superheroes, a lot of stuff with gender studies, um, a lot of movies, TV, that sort of thing. And Wayne, Wayne's a man about um, time. Yeah, I am a master of none. 
Uh, <laughs> at, at this at this point, I'm I'm an independent scholar. I just you know I've I've always done, I have a master's degree in clinical psychology from many years ago. Um, but I mean, the comics thing is just something I've I've always been into, and and pop culture studies on my own. The autodidactic nature of my curiosity, as I said to Mav recently, I just apparently like homework. Um, so, so I looked for these things and the degree did help me. There was just an opportunity to teach at Chatham at this point, 10 years ago. And, uh, that allowed me to formalize this stuff a little bit more. So I've taught at Chatham a couple of times, a couple of independent studies there. I taught a course on the graphic novel at university of Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've done countless presentations at libraries all over the area and three or four other universities for master's programs and undergrad programs. And uh, the Pittsburgh Museum, which was a museum of cartoon art, which still exists as a theoretical concept, but no longer has a physical location. I was on the board there and uh, I lost track of how many comics related things I presented over the course of seven or eight years there. Yeah. So, but but these days, kind of an independent scholar with it, mm-hmm. and you have the show. So, <laughs> so and I have the show. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Which, which is which is the weird thing, and this is kind of you know where we're going to go mostly a day. Um, as I said at the very beginning of the show, one of the first things that we did when we when we first started, in fact, this is part of the reason why John was our very first guest on on show number one. This is show number one hundred and sixty six, I think. Wow. Um, so on, or once I don't know something like that. One sixty five, one sixty six. Um, on show number one, we talked about how like the, the entire idea was the kinds of conversations we have at conferences. We just wanted to keep doing that. So that's what this is. And to me, this year was really, really weird because um, like, again, I, I this show has always tried to approximate that experience, but it's not the same because it really is different when, you know, when normally at PCA, you know, we go out to dinner every night when, you know, there's a, a varying groups of people and there'll be just 20 nerds of comic books or TV or movie, Stephen King, whatever. And, you know, you just sit around there, you know, having stupid discussions about the academic nature of sort of things. And it's interesting. Um, and then this year, PCA wasn't that because it was all, it was all very formal in a way because they were our papers. We, we didn't have the hanging out in the hallways between panels kind of thing. It was essentially PCA and not just PCA, but all conferences because of the pandemic, all conferences were essentially reduced to podcasting. Yeah. And so, and I do that all the time. So it's not weird to me because you know we have these conversations every week, but yeah, I, it I, is I, still. I very definitely miss the, the social aspect of it. I mean, this year I, I didn't really meet anybody new. I mean, tonight I am meeting Christina who's on our show, but you know, I, you, I, so I met you through the conference theoretically, but, but that was through Mav reaching out to you more than me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely miss that social aspect of it and just the networking and some of that stuff that comes out of it. Cause yeah, we've gotten a lot of guests from the show, but also aside from guests from the show, just people to bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. um, different perspectives. Yeah. All of that. They did. They did do that virtual lounge thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, that I just that seemed kind of forced, and I was like, I don't want to just be plopped down into a virtual table with people. I don't know. Like it just, I didn't end up yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, same here. So the nice thing about physical conferences, um, usually what I do when I when I'm making. Um, my personal schedule is I look through the entire book um, the week before mm-hmm. we go. Um, I read some abstracts. What? Oh, this sounds interesting. I want to make sure I see this. I want to make sure I see this. 
obviously because of my association with the comics group i'm there for i'm I'm at, at like half of those panels i'm 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 there a lot right but yeah, then there's I, a lot of i just like the sound of huh? yeah i know i was gonna say i cheat on comics with the music group right right and, I, <laughs> and and there'll there'll be stuff there like this sounds interesting i'll go there and then sometimes when i just don't have anything to do you just wander into a room and yeah, like yeah. there have been a lot of i've been in a lot of pcas where i'm just like oh well that that room you know i'm walking by that room there's you know three or four people in it let me just go sit in the air conditioning and learn about something. And then sometimes it's like really, really fun. Like that's how I learned a lot about fan studies that like the, I'd never gone to um, fandom studies um, um, groups before, but I just kind of, kind of, you know, r- ran into one like four years ago and the people there were fascinating. There's a lot of learning that's like sort of happens incidentally. And it was hard to happen. It was hard to make that happen for myself this year. Mm-hmm. So, I, so that's what I miss. I miss being able to just sort of organically and randomly show up yeah. somewhere. I, I also, and we've talked about this on, on other episodes, just different learning styles. I, I, if someone is just reading a paper, it doesn't matter how good it is. I zoom out. Some of that happens yeah. if I'm in, in the yeah. room with them. So, you know, the the slides and the presentation, I probably go way too heavy on on visuals in my presentation because that's just the way I think and the way I learn. Like I'm creating a narrative with it. And I find that particularly with the Zoom thing, if I'm in a room, I can look around and, and whatever and, and focus on the, the person talking with the Zoom thing. I just start zoning out. So and I know that's a personal learning style glitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, I found that some of them to be more difficult to listen to because of that. What about you guys? I think Wayne has a good point that um, it's easier to get distracted when you're in your own house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah. you have to go take care of something that, you know, it, when you're at the conference, you are just at the conference. You may mm-hmm. go explore the city some uh, and do a little tourist stuff. But most of the time you're uh, planning on being there at the sessions the whole time. And it was a lot easier to check out, especially as you could turn off your camera and they wouldn't know if you were listening or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always listening. Every, every Zoom class. Every... Uh, I was too. Mav. Of course I was. <laughs> yeah, no, I, definitely. It's, 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 it is a weird experience, but because it really was like podcasting, right? But podcasting, other than when we're doing our show where I have to actively be here, I can pause the, uh, you know, like when I'm listening to a podcast or something, I, I you know, when I, I go for a jog or something or whatever, and I can pause, I can, I can, I can rewind. And so it, in, a, in a sense, it's almost an inefficient version of that because it's live. Yeah, right. So that was weird for me. And I, I, I mean, I, it was better than not doing anything. Did it. Yeah, right. I mean, I, yeah, I'm still glad that we did it. You know, I, I certainly. I garnered some stuff from it. I'm still making my way through the videos that were recorded because I wasn't able to live attend several of them because of work schedule. So I, I'm glad that that option is there. And with you know, with other areas recording, I can go back and watch stuff that would have been at the same time as something else I wanted to see. So yeah. that's a benefit. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can actually. Yeah. yeah, I can actually participate in more panels if I so choose because the schedule doesn't conflict in the same way. So I like that aspect of it. I, I actually did not have a hard time networking with others. Um, I think I was compared to when I presented at Southwest Popular Culture Association um, and where I knew nobody and um, meeting people face to face was very nerve wracking. Um, I made friends there, though, so that was wonderful. But um, but 
with the messaging um, part of the of the Pathable platform where you could mm-hmm. send somebody a message just like, mm-hmm. oh, I really liked your panel and did you and ask questions that you didn't get to ask. Um, I liked that part of it. I did like mm-hmm. being able to message because I was able to network that way. Yeah, I'm not tech savvy, so I wasn't able to do any of that stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I did because that's why Christina's here, right? Like, I liked her. I, I so, but to me, it feels weird. Like, it's, I mean, I don't know how how it was for Christina because, like, literally, I went to her panel. I liked what she had to say, so I sent her email and said, "Hey, I liked it. Want to be on the show?" <laughs> that's basically how we yeah. met. Yeah, and I, I had I had a brief I had a brief exchange with Dr. Lenz from Chatham, who was my main contact up there, who was at the training session. I, I saw his uh-huh. his name pop up there, and I just I hadn't talked to him since he retired, and just had a nice little back and forth, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. see you're here." Oh, so you know that that was nice to reconnect with him, but but I I, had, I haven't really reached out to anybody else. Well, I wonder you know, because that time at Christina, I wonder is that just weird? Like that's I mean. You said yes, so apparently it didn't. It wasn't that creepy, but it feels creepy to do. Let me put it this way: Yeah, if it was weird, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. Exactly. I mean, I just think it's a sign of just of our current times that you know Zoom and Passable and and all that techie stuff is just the way of life these days. But I kind of am on the Mm -hmm. same field with Maggie, and that I think. I mean, I've been in college now for, let's see, like seven years. I mean, I'm still like a fresh scholar to this and like, sorry, to like tap someone on the shoulder, like in person, it's still like nerve wracking. There's still that like anxiety there. So I definitely think that like it does take away that element of it just to send somebody a chat on um, Zoom or on Pathable or something. Mm. So I think it does have its pros and cons. But yeah, I still think it serves the same purpose when it comes to networking. But yeah, I I would still want to be in person to shake someone's hand, to exchange business cards, yeah. like, make it old school. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. I see both sides mm-hmm. to it. So, so the weirdest social thing I got, they didn't send me a message, but someone, I recognize the name. And I'm, I'm blanking on it right now. Um, but I, it was someone who sat in on my session and I got an email yesterday, just a, a notification that they are now following me on academia.edu. And oh, are they going to be disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, is that flattering or is that weird to you? I'm yeah. curious. Well, I just, it, well because I... I still, you know, I joked when we came into this, I'm, you know, master of none. I, I feel a certain amount of, I'm not working on my, my PhD. I, my master's is, my degree is older than half the people on this podcast. So, you know, like I, I'm, I come into this as kind of a freelance academic mm-hmm. and my goals are different. We talked about this some before. My goals are different than a lot of people. I would like to have some publications, but it's not the end all be all. I do this shit because I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm a little crazy with the academic That's stuff. Great. And I certainly, and I would like to submit stuff and, and do stuff, but I am, and I'm aware of this. I was aware of this last time. I'm aware of this one, listening to other people's presentations and a little bit of me that has that imposter syndrome says, Oh, I'm not nearly academic for this enough for this. My, I, I do not have a rigorous academic approach. I think I'm smart. I think I analyze things nicely, mm-hmm. but I recognize that I don't approach things from a purely academic platform. And for the most yeah. part, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel like exactly the same way in my position as an independent scholar, because um, I keep going back and forth, like, 
you know, oh, I only I have a master's in library science, which has nothing to do with what I do, although I love to kind of merge those mm-hmm. two factions of my life. Um, I keep thinking, oh, I need to pursue a PhD for people to take me seriously or to build my credentials. Um, but I look at what my friend Amanda has done. She has a master's in library science and archives, and um, and she has just done amazing independent scholarship and um and so and i went to a session on publishing in um this conference and i asked a question they said you know how i'm afraid people won't take me seriously as a scholar because i don't have a phd behind my name and um they were like the thing is most reviews for publishing are blind reviews nobody knows what your credentials are, except what you've presented or what you have on your CV. So that was kind of that felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I have imposter syndrome too. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna two anecdotes. First of all, I'm gonna read to you a a brief rejection letter I got. I sent you the link on the Bowie thing, Mav. You were there. I presented this amount of wishes a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I th- there was a call for papers on the intersection between Bowie and comics, uh, which Mav saw. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. that's a really that's a really limited topic. But, you know, I know a guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was literally. It was, yeah, that was the that was the CFP. The CFP was like, yeah, we want to talk about the grand tradition of the intersection between, you know, the work of David Bowie what? and pre- pre- and like that's literally like there can't be more than five people in the planet who care about this at all and one of them is one of my best friends so okay yeah. i'll just yeah. i'll just send this along <laughs> right so so i sent it in you know, i wrote a paper i did the presentation of my novel wishes and i i wrote a paper and it, it has references and everything um and the end part of the story is they had planned a book the book never happened i went back to their website they published two academic articles on bowie that were to me unreadable they were just that epitome of deep thick academic language that no one can understand um but uh the rejection letter i i got from them said while we appreciated the creativity vision poetics and originality of this piece the overall lack of academic rigor made it unsuitable for publication you know what I will trade creativity, vision, poetics, and originality for academic rigor any day in terms of what I want to accomplish. Like, my question is, what is academic rigor? Like, it's different to everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think has been hard for Mm -hmm. me being a PhD student, that a lot of the comments that I get on my papers from profs, it's like, it's about style. And I've been working on making my own style because it's how I want to be perceived. It's like what makes me me. So that's where I kind of had yeah, a hard mm-hmm. time in like academia. It's like they want you to fit this mold. And it's like, well, what is this mold? Like I I felt like I had to figure out how to write like a graduate student because no one really tells you. Like you just enter this right. battlefield right. and they're like, right. oh, you should figure it out. I'm like, okay. Cool. They, tell you, so- they tell you when you're wrong by yeah. their by their limit. Yeah, exactly, I kind exactly. of, and I am and I am so far removed from the academic experience you know, as a student. Uh, so my my chops on on writing that sort of thing just I felt really rusty with. Um, my my other anecdote is uh, years ago, uh, fairly regular guest on our show, Michael Chemers. Uh, Chemers taught at CMU at the time. Uh, he's a theater theater guy, theater history. Uh, does monster studies. He's now at mm-hmm. University of California, Santa Cruz. Mike's one of my my best friends, and and Mike's an academic, and uh, he will send me 
proofs of some of the stuff he's writing to make sure it's accessible to non-academics. Um, it's smart, but he, he wants to, he recognizes that a lot of his writing style can be, you know, ac- academics writing to other academics. But, you know, he, yeah. he was in my store years ago. He came in and we were having a conversation like this where you're analyzing and blah, blah, blah. And he, he says, you know what? You just, you really need to go get your PhD. And then he stopped himself. I was like, no, no. He goes, I, I'm the, I'm the PhD. I'm the wizard in the tower that people have to study to access. You're the hedge wizard out in the woods that people have to seek out. You know, I'm okay, I, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> I one of the one of the best compliments I ever got on my writing was from my sister. Actually, I um, I published in the Southern Illinois Journal of Fantasy and Fan Cultures, which is brand new. Um, and I wrote about Harry Potter being a horror text, um, Chamber of Secrets. That is, mm-hmm. and she read it and she was like, I'm glad I didn't have to sit there with a dictionary trying to purse out <laughs> everything. And that was, that, yeah, like that was like, I was like, okay, that's, I've found my voice. Like that's good. Yeah. I found that my favorite scholars are ones that talk kind of like how you would talk on a podcast. Like they're not trying to yes. impress anybody. It's casual language and it's meant for the masses. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to like be like in the future. I, I, have, I, I have this on I mean, belief that the study of pop culture it's 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 popular it should be accessible yes absolutely accessibility for sure is key i mean you don't want to be like the philosophers where they will say here's a word here's the a definition of it here's another definition that means the exact opposite we're going to yeah. ignore those two right. and yeah. Go with this <laughs> yeah yeah you, you know obviously anybody who listens to our show if you've been listening this long you know that you know what we do here right we we very intentionally will, will invite a professor on who's been with tenure and then we'll invite just some random fan of the thing. And we treat them equally. Like, you know, I will make fun of anybody. I got a similar rejection to the one Wayne t- t- uh, talked about where uh, a book that someone was doing on mental illness and superheroes. And um, I guess someone had, had pointed my, uh, a paper I did for PCA years ago, they accepted it provisionally. The book never happened. And then years later, and by years, I mean like four years later, they, oh, we think we have a publisher now. And I'm like, whatever. And they're like, but we need you to, um, to rewrite it this month because, you know, we want, we want greater academic rigor. The same thing Christina said. And I was like, what do you even mean? It was like, well, it's got to have, you know, you, 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 you know, it's, you, you write very casually and you, you do this. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. And I, and part of it, it, it's a weird song and dance, right? Cause part of it is, you know, yes, of course I want a job. I, I want to have a career yeah. doing this and that, and there's part of a, there, that's part of it, but also it's by academic rigor. It became very clear that a lot of times what people mean is they want you to be boring and I don't want to be boring. Mm-hmm. I'm not, right. I'm not going to curse and make jokes as much in an academic article as I do on this show but voice wise like writing voice wise it's not that different and like and i'll be a little more i mean well okay john john is literally my editor my academic editor for a collection i was was gonna bring this up in a moment Yeah. yeah and one of my favorite parts of the article the chapter for the book john just did that i wrote is i talk at length about Superman and premature ejaculation from Smallville, because that's what I was interested in. And I treated it seriously. 
but I'm, but I don't want to be boring. And because at the end of the day, it's a fucking book about Superman. This is not Tolstoy. (laughs) You know, this is a book about Superman and like, and the adaptations in Smallville. Smallville was a show on CW and WB. Like, I can only take it so seriously. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Yes. So, uh, so everyone knows the book is Adapting Superman, Essays on Transmedia, Man of Steel. And when I was editing it, we were talking about this academic reader. Uh, my attitude was, um, I'm like, I'm going to, I want good content. And and mm-hmm. my job, was, I felt, was to make sure the facts were correct. And mm-hmm. if, mm-hmm. Their th- if their theory and um, and their uh, argument was sound and I could follow it through, it was like, okay, I have no problem with it, with what you're saying here. So I'm fine with it. Um, fortunately, on this, most people had plenty of academic sources to support them. And uh, my job was basically... I felt was more to verify everything, all the facts and that they were saying more than challenge their theory of what they were arguing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have another project that I'm working on now and we're getting a little bit more of that. Okay. We need some academic rigor on some of these things um, where they were perhaps too casual uh, on how they approach the topic. Mm-hmm. But it was more as for me as, always more of all right we just need you to reframe the argument more than we need you to rewrite everything right and i certainly understand that that approach i mean there needs to be a certain amount of academic rigor in this for it to be taken seriously i absolutely yeah. understand that well but and yeah. like john said it's got to be correct right i can't yeah yeah I, I don't get to just lie about what you know i don't well, get to just it, lie about how post, like so like just uh, the thing i just did at pca i talked about um i i made an argument about structuralism versus post structuralism versus what I call post post structuralism. And I can't just lie about what Umberto Eco said, you know, like right. I've got to use his actual argument and I've got to build from it in a logical way using other people's theories. And that's what I did. But, but I'm also not going to aspire to be boring because there's a reason why I went to grad school to talk about superheroes and not to talk about boring stuff. Yeah, and yeah. that was the second half of editing. This was, am I excited about the topic? And I'm right. am I excited about how you're approaching it. Are these ideas getting me um, interested in reading more? And hopefully that's the case. I'm certainly interested in all the essays that are in there, but I'm biased. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I, well, I, yeah, I know my, 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 that's how they ended up in there, right? I mean, they ended up in there yeah. because you were interested in them. That's yeah. How you went. <laughs> and, and I know my approach for different things. Like if I was writing a straight up academic article, I would write it differently. I mean, for PCA, I was writing for a 20 minute presentation and I do more presentations than I do pe- papers by far. I mean, Maggie said, how many slides did I show you in the course of 15 weeks, Maggie? You know, it's like that, you know, that that's just my style. Um, but you know, I, I wrote my presentation at, at PCA as a presentation. It was a script with images. I didn't write it mm-hmm. as an academic paper. I mean, I think yeah. I, you know, I threw stuff in there. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the way I wrote it was like, if I was wanting to submit that someplace, it would not be in the form that I presented yeah. it. I wasn't just reading a paper. I was doing a presentation. That Mine's I not submittable is, right now. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, and part of my goal with that, having seen not just at PCA, but other conferences I've been to and other things, having sat through many, many possibly interesting topics that are just presented so terribly. And some of that's different people's presentation style, but, you know, I, I want to be, I want to be a live comic. You know, I want the words and the enemies. Uh, just not to throw too much under the bus. I mean, because I like um, uh, John. You you pretty much did just read your chapter, right? Or pretty close. Yeah, it was, the chapter. presentation was based on the chapter I wrote. But you knew you were doing that, and I think it works either way. Yeah. I'm curious though. So just for the other people, so I know what John did. I know what Wayne did, and I know I. I mean, I did what Wayne did. I pr- I wrote something for presentation, okay. not for not for writing. Uh, Christina, what did you do? Were, were, was yours a paper first or was it a presentation first? Yeah, it was a paper that I um, I took a course in the fall called visual storytelling. So I revamped mm. um, that paper like it was originally uh, let me see, like 25 pages. So I had to really scale it down to like eight pages, which was hard because I feel like it really took away from my thesis, I guess. But mm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still a work in progress. But yeah, it was first like a full blown paper for a course. That's typically what mm-hmm. I do for a conference is I use um, papers that I wrote the like term before and then I submit those abstracts for the next cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um mine was um actually a subsection of a chapter that's going to be in a project that's coming down the pipeline. Um, it, it didn't really go as well with the rest of the chapter that I wanted it to. And I, I definitely have the problem where I write way too much. So conference papers are good editing amen. exercise for me. Yes. Amen. And, uh, they're, they're good editing exercise for me. And so this was a product of a chapter for something else. Um, and, and an even smaller portion of that, cause that was even longer than the eight pages that I ended up with. So, um, I definitely, and I'm not a, I'm not a visual person so much. Um, I mean, I love film. I write about film. I love film, but I putting together a PowerPoint is like such a struggle for me. <laughs> so, so the fact, the fact yeah. that I was able to do that was, was good. <laughs> See, I, I, I make comics. So I tend to think in terms of how the words and images go together, even when I'm writing prose, you know, I, I have novels out there and this ties into an episode we did three or four weeks ago, just about that ability to visualize. That's just the way I think. So, you know, putting mm-hmm. together a PowerPoint presentation is very much of what illustration do I choose that enhances the words I'm using, but also gives a different piece of information. It's the comics thing. It's that mix of image and text. Mm-hmm. And how can they how do they support each other and create that third layer of meaning when you see these things together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, Wayne, we've we've had this. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show, but we've had this discussion amongst ourselves before that the the way I build a presentation because people are always like, oh, you do. So, you're so great. Like there are so few words on my PowerPoint slides. It's yeah. almost all pictures. And because I very I took a class years and years and years ago before I went back to grad school, I took a class with Edward Tufte. He's a world famous designer. And his he he made the point that if people are reading your PowerPoint slides, then they're not paying attention to what you're saying. So, exactly. yeah, so I well, always images need to my images always need to enhance what I'm saying. And so yeah. it's me. I'll have I'll have a quote at most on a slide. And usually if uh, um, I'll have just a, a title or nothing and just an image and yeah. you just have to pay attention to what I'm saying in order to, yeah, in order to I, know it. But it's always I, what I, I've done. 
I lost something that I really hate to lose with this because I, I had, because of the the connection, my 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 presentation was on the the comic book series The Wicked and the Divine, which is just a mashup mm-hmm. of so many of my interests. It has superpowers, it has mythology, uh, it has rock and roll, music. Uh, music and fashion and sex and just all the stuff. And I had gathered musical quotes that I was put at the bottom of every slide. Just you know the 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 slide that introduces uh, the character of Lucifer, Lucy, at the bottom, all I had was allow me to please allow me to introduce myself. And I had quotes mm-hmm. that just were in. I mean, there's the panel that has Bale attacking somebody. And I had a Kanye West quote about I am God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had all these quotes that just so enhanced the presentation that were musical tie ins. I wasn't going to read them. They were just going to be there. And I decided to cut them because it was too much on the slide. Mm-hmm. And, and I hated it. It killed me to cut that stuff out. <laughs> I think that's good though because i think during pca i've seen a couple of them the last couple of days where it's like wall-to-wall text and it's just overwhelming yeah. as like a viewer mm-hmm. so i definitely think mm-hmm. to operate on the less is more i think it's just good pedagogy in general just so people actually listen yeah. to like mav was saying certainly when talking because the thing is i'll read i mean like if you if you have an interesting presentation that's like you know you 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 stand up there you do your 15 minutes you engage me i'm interested in your theories and then you link to the full paper if you say read this entire paper that's 25 pages long on my website or in journal x or whatever or you know in john's book yeah i'll go read the book i'm a nerd Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like yeah well just just from a grad from a graphic design point of view, I remember years, many years ago in another li- lifetime, I, I worked with a state representative for my home district. Uh, and just that whole idea of campaigns, I mean, he had his last name turned into a logo. He had a billboard. He had yard signs. It said nothing. He'd been there long enough. Everybody knew, you know, small county. Everybody knew mm-hmm. what he was running for. The only information was his name. Boom, Coca-Cola, you know. Uh, and and there would be other people that have, you know, little road signs that have all this information on it. And in general, if I can't read every word on that driving by at 60 miles an hour, there are too many words on it. Yeah, <laughs> true. I struggled with the fact that I was speaking about a book. And I wasn't mm. I wasn't commenting on the miniseries adaptation or the movie adaptations of it because mm. that would be just a huge, mm-hmm. huge paper. Um, so I was like, OK, well, I guess I'll use film stills from the miniseries and the film, mm-hmm. um, which ended up working pretty well because um, the so in my paper, I talk about how um, two of the female characters who were fat. Uh, Myra Kasprak and um, oh, I can't remember Sonia Kasprak. They become like the same woman. And and Andy Muschietti, when he made the second It film, um, he had the same actress play the two characters. Um, so that was cool. That I was able to kind of show that. And if anybody had questions about it, they could ask me because I I do mm. put a line about that in the PowerPoint, but it's not actually in my paper. Um, mm. So, because your paper's about the book and, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it, it is entirely a metatextual thing. Yeah, I caught that when I was watching it. So Yeah. It is weird. It's definitely a weird thing trying to do it this way. Like I, I, I do see advantages. One thing that I when you you talked about the fact that they're recorded and being able to go back and watch them later has been great. Mm-hmm. I can redo things that I missed when I was listening the first time. And mm-hmm. I can also just like I, I have caught up on some extra ones. So that's been nice. So I at least I hope they keep that next year. 
Like, um, yeah, I, I want to be in person, but I, but I hope, I do hope they keep the recorded, you know, sessions for us to go watch later. Yeah. Um, and then just a shout out to Nicole Freem, who you pretty much runs the, the comics area. She, I thought she did a great job, uh, yeah. in a, a new setting and, uh, you know, being essentially the moderator of every panel ever for three days. Uh, I, I don't know when she went to the bathroom or ate anything because they just, they, they were backed up against each other. Um, I don't know yeah, why she did that. On screen. Yeah. I saw her eat on screen, actually. Yeah. So she was doing a lot okay. of things. Okay. I, Good for her. Good yeah. for her. Now, Nicole was awesome. I met Nicole on the show and then I met her in person at PCA two years ago. Uh, she was marvelous. Something else I want to tell her is I sat in on a music thing. Like, I, you know, like the comics area seems pretty good size to me. I mean, I know when we were there live, there were a lot of people in the room. For my presentation, there's like two screens of people on Zoom watching it. I went to one of the music panels and there were 11 people in the room, four of whom were presenters and one of whom was the, the moderator. Like, really? Um, you know, huh? And yeah, I, you know, it, I kind of assumed that area would be bigger. It's weird what, while I've been doing this, you know, in my independent act, scholar all the way through my PhD scholar career, I have the, the smallest group I ever presented in was one person. We had one person in the audience and we had four people on the panel and that was just weird and like halfway through i'm like i don't want to why don't you just yeah. ask me questions i was on that panel wasn't i was <laughs> no, no no this was a different one this was literally there was okay. one person but that, that was okay. but yeah but i've done i've done similar things and then i've done huge ones too where you know where you're talking in front of 50 people i like I, I like that PCA has variety. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I like that it can be intimate. I, I like that it can be. Um, Nicole, again, she, we know we, we know she listens to the show. She's been on the show. Yeah. She does a great job. Seriously. I don't know why, you know, cause she's listening now, why you decided to do it this way. You know, you can just call me or John or Wayne or say, yeah, you're, you're going to do this one. Like it would, it would have been fine. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll host this one. Go take a nap. Yes. <laughs> but I, but I know she, yeah, I know she, I think she did. Um, I think she said she did 19 zoom meetings in two days or something. Oh or my three days. Gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Um, yeah, so I think I think she said on one of the panels that she just didn't tr- wasn't sure of how the technology was was going to work, and that's why she didn't plan. Yeah, uh, she didn't want to force it on anybody. Able to share a session, yeah. and then like a day in, she's like, "Yeah, I really could have had other people do this." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so pause for a moment. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah, yay for Nicole! Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yay for Nicole! <laughs> This is my favorite conference. PCA has always been my favorite conference. It's the one that I, it's the only one that I do every year. Um, you know, I do other conferences, but this is the one that I always make sure I come back to. Um, I like that it is so diverse. I like that I can go to a music panel and just see something completely different. Uh, Maggie wasn't on, she's the only person on the show tonight who wasn't in the comics group officially, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I love, I can just kind of, I can, I can say, I'm going to skip, a, I'm going to skip comics for an hour and go see people talk about Stephen King and, and your panel, not just your paper, the other yeah. papers on your panel were, were very interesting. It was just I, like, it, I only caught three of them. Were there three or there four? There was just people's different takes on the book. Four. And, and was, very specific. Um, there were four and yeah. I loved, um, I loved the eco-critical take on it. Yep. Um, that, really the, the whole idea, I mean, it is steeped in, um, both, you know, she took the perspective on kind of the infrastructure of dairy and, um, and, but, you know, even Pennywise itself is, is an invasive species. He's an alien species that comes down and becomes endemic to the area. So, 
um, that was just amazing. It was a good panel. Yeah, yeah, it was. Christina, yours were yours were all gender papers, which I've 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 done the the gender portion of the comics area before. So so that's always that's always interesting because when you when when you break something down into gender studies, because PCA doesn't really. Typically, there's a gender studies group within each topic. So the group, the topic will be comics and then you'll be gender studies inside of inside of inside of comics or you'll do horror and gender studies inside of horror or something like that. So this was gender studies inside of comics. And that's still so wide open that you'll have varying very four very different papers that you had that you guys had on there or three three in your group mm-hmm. i i'm i am fascinated just the the different approaches the things that interest people just the the variety of topics because you know i have my niche you know the things i'm interested in and, and we talk about different stuff on the show but i i go and every year there's well, every year all two years i've gone uh in the other conferences as well just the stuff that attracts people that makes them interested this is the thing you've chosen to to write about, you know, one of the panels, the woman was talking about the use of maps in, in personal memoir, like fun home or whatever. I'm like, wow, that's a really specific thing. But she did a really good job pulling that all together. I thought like, you know, that that's the kind of thing that would never cross my mind. So I love seeing how other people approach this, what their obsessions are, what their interests are and how they pull that together in these different topics. It just it, it broadens the entire scope of things for me. Yeah, especially for this being my first PCA. I want to give a shout out to my friend, Ashley, because she's the one that first told me to um, send in a paper. But I love how everybody was so supportive. Like it didn't matter mm-hmm. what, what what like what your thesis was, like if you were a comic book, if you were a film, if you were a novel, like everybody was just so encouraging. And I love that because because like it didn't feel like academia where it was so like strict and stingy and everyone's judging judging you and i just loved that friendly communal part of it especially for me with um with 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 what i write about is shakespeare like that's a very Mm -hmm. not not a niche field but people really take it seriously because like there's of course thousands Mm -hmm. of um shakespeare scholars around and i kind of got some pushback about doing Shakespeare within comic books but like that's kind of what I want to do is just to push that envelope to uh, show that Shakespeare Mm -hmm. can be viewed in a different kind of medium like people just think that he's this old white guy in the canon that um that does not know English but you know it's like no like there's different ways to to like morph his yeah his uh, stories, his uh, heroines, his uh, themes, his plot. So, yeah, I was just really thankful for PCA to form the panels in that way. I thought it was just a great conference overall. So I'm excited for next year in person, for sure. I think everybody who participates in this knows we are participating in weird little corners of academia mm-hmm. and we and we support it yeah. in everybody else. Yeah, it's a fun little try. workshop. Yeah. yeah try, right. <laughs> I kind of found out that there was a whole fat studies area and my paper could have gone into that area. That yeah, that was yeah. to me. I yeah. saw that. And um, I made so many friends <laughs> who do fat studies and it just, I'm like, oh, this is a whole other realm of possibility I didn't think was Resources. possibly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that was amazing. There's a lot of weird overlap that, you know, some, so this is something else that we'll do when we, um, when, when it's the physical panels, um, one of the nice things to do is wander around because it, since it's, since it's a lot easier to just kind of go, Oh, look, someone's doing 
a comic book paper over in fat studies. So you'll go over and mm-hmm. just see yes. that one. You'll try to when they're there and you'll see that just that one, leave them a business card, you know, go talk to them later. So that's always nice. I, I do. If anybody wants to get into this sort of thing, you know, into the, you know, this whole, whether you're going to go to grad school or you're going to be the, you know, the independent scholar and get into it. I, I want to prepare people. Not everyone's great. PCA has PCA in general is a really fun conference with a lot of really supportive people in particular, the comics group, mostly through Nicole's work, but also through some of the other longtime people like John and myself, right? We've worked really hard to make sure that everybody is nice there. Nicole especially has worked really, really hard for the last couple of decades to make sure that everybody is to weed out the undesirables and not, I don't mean undesirables, like not smart undesirables, like mean Um, that said some slip in (laughs) like, right. Like it it was really good this year, but there have been, there have been moments where, where there have been people who, you know, are not necessarily the most supportive and that will happen, which is a shame because, you know, as Christina was saying, and as Wayne said too, we're doing such weird niche things that like are, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to be a professional nerd for living to start with. Right. So you're already starting way, way, way at the bottom of the barrel here. And then you're doing being a professional nerd about some micro aspect, you know, fat studies within one particular author. Okay. So, you know, slow your roll and try to be, be, be polite. Cause these are the few people who care about the thing that you care about. So let's right. like all have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to some conferences where people are brutal and it's just so hard to watch because it's like I feel like sometimes people go to conferences just to make themselves feel smart and just to like shut down everyone. And Mm -hmm. I hate that. Like my heart breaks for the like person who's like at the end of that. But definitely PCA. Well, I actually didn't know that like you guys kind of weed people out to make sure that it's not like that. So that I think is amazing. So thank you for that. We need need to guard the ivory tower. (laughs) It's not like it's a a cabal. You know, they they show up and and it's more it's more like it's more like when, you know, if you go to a, if you go to a panel and there's uh, John, how else do how else do you say this? You go to a panel there, you can tell which people are there to be jerks, and they usually only show up for one year because they don't usually have a good time. We try yeah. to be supportive of the people who are trying to be supportive. Is that fair? Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll only show up for the one panel, and um, I, and this I've only seen this very rarely, but like yeah, they'll uh, get into an argument about something, and they'll be challenging the presenter instead of trying to enter into a dialogue. Um, because yes. like we should be learning from each other, not mm-hmm. shutting each other down. Yeah. Not a lecture. It's kind of what people yeah. tend to morph into. If they just go, go on their own tangent about their own research mm-hmm. and what they've been publishing. So Research. Right. And then there's also a danger of the comics area is that you'll sometimes end up with people, not so much at PCA. I've had this at MLA a couple of times. You'll end up with people who are very, they, they forget that they're trying to have uh, an academic dialogue and they mostly want to complain about the kind of minute ner- uh, of the kind of nerd minutia that, you know, of the people that you don't like at the comic book store. 
Right. <laughs> you know, like, no, 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 you're wrong. Batman can't beat Superman. No, no, no. You know, and I'm like, I, I don't care. And then they're doing it in <laughs> academic terms, right? Yeah. I, I, I aggressively do not care about this. Yeah. I also noticed that people weren't just um, listening to react. Like, people were actually actively listening. I mean, mm-hmm. you can turn your camera off or whatever, but people's um, responses to, um, like, their questions during the panel or whatever, wasn't just to hear themselves talk. They actually wanted answers and they mm-hmm. wanted dialogue, which was yeah, scared. Yeah. I saw that too. Oh, I, I get plenty of ideas from these presentations as well. Um, I'm working on my dissertation and there was a presentation about horror comics in the seventies that just crystallized a lot. Like, Oh, that's what, that's what I was going for. So I can use that mm-hmm. and, cite this presentation and actually Mav, your paper uh, I'm going to be using for a section on Buffy about how we're moving past the tropes of the superhero Um, so you know she is technically a superhero barely but she does count but we are moving past that so yeah like I I get so many ideas from presentations yeah Nick who was in the panel with me there's there's a tremendous amount of overlap and just kind of background stuff and what he's doing and mm-hmm. and what I'm doing and I, I he was on my panel last year as well and he teaches at Slippery Rock which is just up the road from here uh, mm-hmm. and we've stayed in contact for the last couple of years and we need to get him on the show but yeah yeah he's someone that I, I want to have more conversations with about larger topics that influence both of us mm-hmm Well, I mean, and again, I mean, I I mean, I'm not I keep saying it, but this is so true. It's why this show exists. Right. Like um, what John just said, you know, learning from each other is, you know, I mean, uh, three weeks ago, we had a show on American Girl Dolls. That was great. I love that show because I knew nothing. And just being able to like just go here and just like hear um, Hannah and Katya, who are our our regular two co-hosts who couldn't be here today, and um, our guest from that week, Monica, just tell me stuff about this world that of which I know very little, but that is a massive pop culture thing. And I was gonna say right now right now and for the last 25 years you know like it, this is not something new this is a there's a whole world of lore and history and you know culture that goes into building this that i just completely missed and i love that there are people who are paying attention to this sort of thing if i don't know it because there is so much to learn that does influence me Yeah. And I also want to add that what I also loved about PCA this year is that I noticed that people didn't care about labels, like whether you were a PhD student or, or or you already have your doctorate and you've been teaching for 10 plus years, or if you're just a scholar who just, who like has this as a side hustle kind of thing. Cause I had a, a professor reach out to me. Um, she's from Turkey and she's been doing this mm. for, for, for a long time. And she also um, taught the uh, comic that, that I wrote on called kill Shakespeare in uh, some mm. of her courses. So just to even have that conversation with her, I thought was just so flattering. And like, I compare that to other mm-hmm other places I've been to where it's like people do think that they're like holier than thou if like they are a professor compared to this little peon grad student kind of thing. So that's why I really think that PCA is just is just a really fun environment for all. Of course, I haven't like been been in the in-person environment yet. So I'm sure that it feels a little bit different um, versus it being online. But yeah, I definitely felt 
welcomed and invited considering that I'm like just a student at the moment and not, you know, like I don't have my PhD yet, but yeah, I loved everybody there. Everyone was just fantastic. John, John, what do you think? I think it's about the same. I mean, I, again, and I don't control PCA. I'm just a guy who's been going for a decade and a half. Right. But I try very hard to make sure that, that like, I just, the welcoming welcoming aspect of what PCA is, I take very personally because I don't, I want it to be exactly what Christina said. I, this is, it should be welcoming. It's people studying and loving like the, the idea of caring about the nuances of academia as they occur in Buffy, the vampire slayer is so niche and so specific that if you can find the other dozen people on the planet who care about this, then you should be nice to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, mean, I, and, I mean, certainly in my experience, I felt incredibly welcome the moment I walked through the door. And I came in, you know, Mav and I know each other, met some of the key people. I've met John through through the show. I'd met Nicole through the show before being there. So I came in with a certain level of familiarity. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like, oh, this is a place I've been a million times. I, you know, I felt absolutely welcomed in the midst of that. Yeah. I remember the first few times I went, I had that imposter syndrome. I kind of still do. I still, you know, again, mm-hmm. I, a legitimate scholar yet. Um, yeah. And, but I was like, even though I was presenting and my ideas were in rough shapes, then I was still learning how to present, how to form my, really form my ideas in an academic way, but no one challenged me on them. They were, the questions were always trying to help me get better at it. And, um, very quickly I felt like a peer, uh, this was, this was a peer group, even though, uh, you know, it's a wide range of ages and interests and skill levels. Um, through my brother, I got to meet Gary Hoppenstand, who uh, is the former president of the PCA, and he's excited about the stuff I do. And so you at some point, you really do feel legitimized as a scholar saying, OK, there are people who are interested in this and care about it and who agree with me on some of this stuff. Right, right. Yeah. And I think for me, too, I I felt like an imposter because I'm new to comics. Like I really only have Mm -hmm. delved into this because I took a course on it in the fall term. So I'm like new to it. So I like kind of felt like, oh, maybe I don't know enough about Batman and like Superman and Wonder Woman and like all that stuff. Like, like I'm just this fraud here. Yeah. Yeah. Like that just (laughs) wants to talk about Shakespeare all the time, which is what my friends always know me for is I'm just that (laughs) Shakespeare queen. But uh, yeah, so I definitely um, felt like people gave me like good scholarship to look up sources like they like made me feel like I was headed in the right direction and I think that like that's what you want when it comes to going to a conference to help workshop what like where you're at and to feel like um John was saying that you're legitimizing in in uh, what you're doing currently and kind of how that can be propelled forward so yeah I totally agree with that statement uh, I feel like um, PCA, my first impression is that it's kind of like a test kitchen where there are some people who like um, mm. like like John and Mav who like have, you know, this is from a book, like it's been published, whatever. But um, but a lot of people are like, oh, I'm still this. I'm in the middle of my research. This is just a mm-hmm. sampling of, of what I'm doing. So and they're trying out the paper for the first time. So and I kind of mm-hmm. love that about it. Same. Yeah. Bear in mind, it took me 12, 13 years to get to this point of having a book and feeling legitimized as a scholar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and mine was a mismatch. I mean, like my, 
my presentation this year had it had bits from the chapter in in John's book that I that I did. It had bits from my dissertation. It had bits that um so the crux of my argument was actually something that I'm working out, right? The like my 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 post post structuralism argument, which was what most of my paper was about, was was very much me forming the ideas. And that's how I usually use PCA. Um, and what I what I was going to say is, I like I think the way Christina phrased it was correct. I, I think one, maybe one of the reasons that, you know, I liked her so much and that I, you know, the reason I invited you was you seemed um genuine and interested in your research as opposed to there are people John you'll you'll know what I'm talking about you can sometimes go to PCA and you can see that there are people who are there because they think it's an interesting conference and they're trying to get an and they're trying to get an easy publication or an easy CV line because they think they could just they're padding their their CV for a 10 year review or something that happens a lot and there are certain people that I don't like, I don't like those people, not because there's anything wrong with them, but you can tell they show up for their paper and their paper only. They're not interested in anything there. And they're often not terribly interesting arguments. Whereas there, the alternative is people who are there because they are trying to improve their own work and they are trying to improve other people's work. And they're trying to be a part of the communal conversation. And what's great about that is if you're doing it right, um, this has always been a weird, a weird thing. I, I, when we have people on the show, I try to mention like one time, Oh, you know, you're a doctor of whatever you're a professor at whatever, you know, cause you've earned it. And that's a respect thing, but I do, I never want this show or academia in general to be a pissing contest about who has the most credentials. Yeah. If, if you have the, if you have the interesting thing to say, and you have, you know, you're willing to do the work and you're willing to be a part of the conversation, you should feel welcome. I mean that both for like our show and just for academia in general, because I, I mean, it took me years of doing the independent scholar thing before I decided to go to grad school full time where I was just kind of, I was doing what Wayne does, right? I was just, this is, this is my hobby because I like doing homework so much because I'm a nerd. So, you know, that should be encouraged. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I am. That <laughs> means a lot that I came off as genuine because that's something that also irks me too. Is like, I, like I don't want to go to a conference or like I, I didn't even want to pursue a PhD just because I want to stroke my own ego. It's like I'm here to learn. And the best advice that 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 um, I got from a teacher is like because I was kind of torn about going to get a PhD, and um, she told me she's like, only get your PhD if you love the research. If uh, you are doing it to publish or to be a professor one day, then don't do it because, you know, like that's kind of out of your hands at that point. So like, that's why I, I just love to look up articles. I love to see what thesis and arguments are like out there. And I just love to bridge those gaps. And like, that's why I love to go to conferences is to learn, to workshop, to, to meet new people, especially diving into a field like Shakespeare studies. I'm a small fish in a humongous pond. Like I don't know crap compared to some of these people who have been doing this for years. So like, yeah. So thank you for that compliment, because I want to show that I'm there to learn. I'm like, 
I want to get advice from people who, who, who have been doing this for a long time. And I think that like, that's kind of the problem sometimes with like academia is people think that, that like they go into these with that mindset that, that like they know everything <laughs> and that's frustrating. So yeah, sorry. That was a huge tangent, but yeah. Thank no, you for no. that. Uh, no, that's fine. No, yeah. So I, I hate to bring this to a close, but we've resolved nothing, which really doesn't apply. But we've, we've been, we've been, we haven't been trying to resolve anything, but we've been recording for well over our allotted time. So. Yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, I want to thank you know all three of you for for joining us um, here, just because it is. This is very weird. You know, it's impossible to even do a. You know, normally at the end of the show, I do the well and recapping everything and concluding, but we didn't have any real topic. It really was just such a. Uh, a you know decompressing and sort of you know ending this weekend and i am uh, john i already knew but you know maggie and christina it's great meeting both of you i you know i'm looking forward to having more conversations with you you're both welcome on the show whenever um yeah but you're now you're now on the list <laughs> yes <laughs> it's funny we we make the we make the joke um a lot that you know academia in general is find this one thing that you care a ridiculous amount about and then spend spend the rest of your life you know researching yeah. obsessing over it so that you can publish papers so that 10 other people on the planet will ever read them and i it's yeah. a joke but not much of one like there yeah. i really is just this tiny little niche thing and then i you know start really you know we're doing a little podcast that is listened to by more people than read most of my articles like by a lot <laughs> it's, and it's and it's a weird and not that this goes not that the show is huge but it's just it's a weird thing hannah has often said that you know when she's on the show she just forgets that people are listening to us you know she forgets yeah. you know, it's just <laughs> so I, in I, a lot I, of ways this is you know people, i run into people all the time who, who mentioned listening to this this episode is like oh oh you um, Terry Lee. Yeah, Terry, Terry Lee, who guested on the show sometime last winter, I saw him for the first time in months, three or four weeks yeah. ago. And he, yeah, and, and he's like, it's weird. He goes, I know I haven't seen you, but I feel like I have because I hear you talk every week. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, but it's great because the community of and what's great about our listeners, and this is, you know, our listeners. The show is designed to be a micro version of PCA, right? So our, our listeners mostly seem to give us a chance, even if the topic's not something they're into that week. So it's yeah. nice being able to do the, you know, again, I, I knew that all of our comic book listeners were not going to be into American Girl. But I really, really, really wanted that show, you know, <laughs> and, and and so I'm I'm glad that we can do that. We can do that sort of thing. You know, we've had the show on Bridgerton. Bridgerton is, was great. We're probably doing a show sooner or later on the TV show Nancy Drew because I adore the show Nancy Drew and I just need to find enough people that I can force to watch it with me. Like Nicole's going to come back for it, for it because it's just it's great. But it doesn't always have to be talking about Avengers in in game yeah. and stuff. You guys need to do an episode on the her interactive Nancy Drew video games. I played all of those growing up and um I think it's a cultural it, it was a it was a cultural reset for for those of us. You want to write a blog play. about it? There could totally be a show on that. <laughs> and with video game stuff, Katya's probably would be all in on that as well, whether she uh, or not. Yeah, so so I mean, it's it's great 
it's it's pop culture academia again we're talking about ridiculous nerdy stuff the fact that anybody cares at all about your argument about fucking batman you should be happy <laughs> so no, no, you know no, no. mav mav that's my fanfic about fucking batman oh wait yes. no never mind never mind oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, language <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you thank you all three of you thank you john yeah. um thank you christina thank you maggie uh let's let people plug stuff yeah. christina if people want to find more about your work where would they go so i have a website um christina and i i also have two conference presentations coming up um, i'll be presenting at pamela in vegas in august and then i'll be presenting at Brit grad um, in November, and that's going to be in England. So a lot are those of in person or those are virtual stuff. too. Those are actually both in person, but I oh, might I'm have so to do it virtually. Yeah, I mean, uh, one is in Stratford upon Avon, which is like my life's goal to go to Shakespeare's birthplace. But I'm having okay. trouble with my passport right now because of COVID, so that might have to go virtually. Oh. But, but I'll be oh. at both of those regardless in some form, whether it's ghosting. Oh dropping in on um, zoom or being in, in being in person but yes that's so exciting uh, i uh, we i will definitely want to know more about this and maggie um so i kind of have stopped writing right now because i'm writing to hear back um about a book proposal that i submitted to a press um awesome. and uh, yeah and i'm excited but also like if I don't get it, I'll be kind of relieved because now I'm like, oh, I want to do so many different things. And so um, but uh, and I, I have a website, but it hasn't been updated in forever, which is my fault. But you can find me on Instagram. My handle is um, at Franken Librarian. Frankenstein is my favorite novel. So um, and uh, and hopefully I'll hear back in the next couple of weeks about the book proposal. So I'll be able to announce something later. <laughs> I feel we'll have you back for it and just don't, and yeah. as far as your plugs go Wayne's gonna make Wayne's gonna do exactly the same plug that you just did in like 30 seconds when we come back to him yeah. but before that <laughs> John do you have anything interesting going on uh yeah I have a book it just barely came out it's really exciting tell. Uh, adapting uh, Superman essays on the transmedia man of steel from McFarland press um, fascinating. 17, <laughs> 17 great essays about Superman adaptations from radio, television, film, video games, um, all sorts of approaches and maps in there, too. Yeah, I, I just as when when John made this book proposal, he said he's going to do it. He's like, you want to do And I, like, I just thought, oh, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to, uh, you know, I want to pick the one thing that I know nobody else is going to want, because we had a few people who I knew were going to be all about doing Lois and Clark, because Lois and Clark is sort of a it's sort of an academic darling in many ways. And so John said he's going to do it. And I was like, I'm going to I want Smallville. <laughs> if I'm going to do this, I want Smallville. And John's like, okay, sure, you've got Smallville. And it didn't occur to me until I'd actually started doing the research. I didn't realize Smallville is the longest of all Superman. <laughs> it's, it's not a short really... show to watch. Yeah, it's just, what, 10 years? 10 seasons? Yeah, you, 10 seasons. You don't think about it, but literally, of all adaptations of Superman, Tom Welling 
Um, well, of all live action ones, uh, yeah. Bud Collier has more record. He was, who was the voice on the radio. He has more recorded time by one year, but it's just his voice. Yeah, it's, like, um, it's not much more. So yeah, Bud Collier <laughs> did a bunch of them on the radio and, but Tom Welling of all people who have appeared at Superman in like live action, he's done it the most. And like, then I, I ran by a huge extent. Yeah. And then, so like, I'm like, okay, let me do the research for this. And then I was like, I'll just start watching Smallville. And then you think, Oh, each episode's an hour long and there's like 20 something of them every season. And I, and I sat there and I was just like, this is a lot of binging to do, <laughs> but I watched them all meandering soap opera, comic, uh, comic booky superhero something or other but anyway yeah buy buy the book because i i don't know john will be happy i'll be happy too even yeah. though I'm, i you know it's not really my book i just have one chapter but it, it yeah. will be exciting buy the and book we'll and then all these stuff yeah <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll link all this stuff in the show notes so when people you know, go to our blog they can they can find all of you so. mm-hmm. And Another Wayne, where can people find you? Oh, oh go ahead. No, Daniel, sorry. No, go. Keep going. Going. Yes, yes, please. Uh, I also uh, guest on my brother Joe Storowski's podcast, The Protagonist Podcast. And uh, if you go back in his feed uh, near this, the same date as this episode, uh, you can listen to an interview with Chris, Chris Claremont. Nice. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, it was. It should be last week's episode. As we, yeah, yeah, last week's episode of Protagonist. As this episode comes out, it was really good. Really good show. Um, it is a good show. Um, I'm I'm on it a lot. John's on it even more than I am. Um, in a perfect world, I'm on every podcast every week. But I say that, but God, I don't really want to be on every podcast every week. It's a lot of work. <laughs> um, Wayne, where can people find you? I I need to be more on on more podcasts. I. <laughs> Uh, I mean, mostly you can find me here. I, I'm going to plug something. Just you, you talked about the Black Panther book. I think this took place before we started the show. I'm going to plug something that I did two or three years ago. Just a credit to my academia that I never expected for my my lifelong bucket list. But I wrote the entry on Black Panther in the World Book Encyclopedia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that happened two or three years ago. I, I uh, they had World Book reached out to Yona Harvey, who lives here in Pittsburgh, teaches at Pitt. Uh, Yona is friends with Tanahasi Coates. Uh, she wrote uh, a couple of the Black Panther stories and miniseries. They reached out to her and she's like, yeah, I don't know anything about this. Here's the guy you need to talk to. And I ended up writing the entry to Black Panther in the World Book Encyclopedia. So I'm expecting to be plagiarized by 12 year olds across the nation. Yes. Uh, you're the attorney. Yes. <laughs> I have a blog that hasn't been updated in ages, but it has lots of my ramblings about all kinds of this kind of stuff. Uh, and yeah, that's it here. Mostly Instagram. <laughs> and, oh yeah. Instagram. I, I do the Instagram. It's what Tetrock 2012. I've been doing a daily photo for a little over a year now. So um, yeah, and I love that you still don't like, know your own and you still yeah, don't know your um, own, um, your own handle, which I, is great. I, I, I don't have to sign in. It just, you know, I, I created the username and then like, it's just, it's on my phone. I haven't typed that in three years now. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all of the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show all the same places, always at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week. 
And you can leave comments on the show notes of this show or any other show that you're listening to. You can find out, you know, you know what we've talked about in previous weeks, what we'll be talking about in upcoming weeks. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or YouTube. We are now also available on YouTube, where if you're on the YouTube feed, you get not only the enhanced visual version of this show, but also the enhanced visual version of my other show, Gosh Golly Wow, which is a podcast all about the comic book Excalibur. It's been really fun. This week's episode of, of Gosh Golly Wow is all about Mojo Mayhem, which is a weird, weird comic book. Um, anyway, we would also really appreciate it if you, if you leave us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. That really helps people, helps other people find the show. It really helps us out, tweaks the algorithm, makes us more popular, makes us more famous. And I'm a fame whore. I really, you know, I just, I need love. I need your love. <laughs> I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought for Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank all of our guests for joining us. I'd like to thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye.